In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, I talk to former commando, triple amputee, Invicta Games medalist, entrepreneur, author, husband and dad. Yes, he really is all those things. The man that is Mr. Mark Ormrod. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Super Dad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Hey, welcome to the Team Super Dad podcast. It is great to have you here. My name's Johnny Jensen. I am the founder of the Team Super Dad community and the creator of the Hero Academy program the program for dads who want to create their best lives ever and accelerate it if you like on all things important you know dads we get very worn out uh, maybe sometimes a bit too focused on uh, one area of our life over the other and actually if you want to have it all if you want to be the best version of yourself enjoy life be the man that you want and the dad that your family needs then it's about balance and We don't always know exactly what those things are that we need to do, but the people around us do. And, you know, quite often it might be that it's just a bit of accountability, some motivation and direction. And that's what being part of Team Superdad is all about, which includes bringing guests like we have today. Mr. Mark Ormerod, you may well have seen him, particularly if you're in the UK, although saying that, his recent, uh, he tells me in the in our conversation that his his video, the one where he falls over in his blades, uh, has now reached seven million views on YouTube. So the likelihood is that there are definitely a lot of people around the world who are now familiar with Mark. So why is he why is he so well known? Why is he so popular? Why is he so out there? I think it's just because he's so real. You know, I said in the intro, he's a dad, he's a husband, he's a bloke. You know, he's, he talks about his mates and and uh, as a former soldier, former commando in the US, sorry, in the US, in the UK army. You know, there's obviously a lot of squaddy bloke banter that goes on there as well. And that's part of being uh, part of being real um, and part of having it all. You know, for whatever having it all means to you, uh, it's it, it doesn't have to be about the cars and the money and the holidays. It, it really can be about enjoying life. And for someone like Mark, as he shares, to have his life turned upside down, you know, and he, he doesn't really talk about it like that. He says, he you know, talks about having his life totally changed by uh, an improvised explosive device that he trod on. Uh, um, and in our conversation, he, he shares how he remembers each and every moment of that. And I just, I'm so grateful for him to come on, on the podcast and share that story with us all because we have life changing decisions to make most days, most weeks, you know, whether it's to move house, whether it's to take a job, whether it's to change a job, start a business, ask someone to marry you decide that it's not working out and you're going to leave them have a kid not have a kid you know like life-changing decisions are all around us but what happens when that choice when that decision is actually made for you such as it was for mark we we what we still have two choices sink or swim and mark has chosen 
to get up off of that hospital bed when he was told he would never walk again without the aid of a wheelchair. Um, you know, he, he would never walk again. He would never move without the aid of a wheelchair. He was having none of it. And uh, there are some documentaries out there of his uh, of his rehabilitation. And he talks about that a little bit. Uh, in particular about when he was in America and, and they were they were not quite as generous as the UK medical teams uh, in, in making him basically get off his ass and, and, and learn how to use his prosthetics. And so that so the the metaphor there for us all in our own life is what what life changing moment are we going to face where we're going to get up a far ass and say, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm going to go out there and create. And uh, and as you'll hear, Mark shares about how the more he l- pushes on, the more he leans into this. And I don't mean Gary V kind of hustle, hustle, hustle. Just he's up to stuff. He's like, what do you mean we're going to run 5K? OK, yeah, go for it. What do you mean we're going to swim uh, a kilometre? I've only got one arm. Yeah, OK, go for it. You know, he just raised over £400,000 in, uh, in that one kilometre open sea swim. And... As he pushes into this, he goes on these adventures, more opportunity comes back his way. He touches the lives of more people. He meets new people. He learns new things. And I just, that message, if you've listened to the Team Superdad podcast before, you'll know that that message is something we talk about all the time. You know, what's it going to take? What is it you want? How are you going to make it happen? It doesn't have to be hard work. You just got to enjoy the journey. And Mark's story, it just exudes all of that. And uh, and it's just a really, he's a good bloke, really top bloke. Just a bloke. At the end of the day, just a bloke. Like you, like me, and we can all make this happen. So wherever you're at, whatever it is that you want to create, more fun with your kids, a better relationship with your partner, the strength to start a business, the strength to break up positively, you know, we, we, we have to face these crossroads with strength and conviction uh, and with a smile on our face, more than anything, with a smile on our face. I know you're going to love this. Uh, if you're interested in all the work we do at Team Superdad, come on over to teamsuperdad.com forward slash group. That will let you into our community uh, and you really can start to create the life you desire and get out of the life you feel stuck in. I'll see you on the other side. Hello, Mr. Ormrod. Mark, great to have you here with us. Thanks for joining us today on Team Super Dad Show. Mate, what an epic intro. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> do you know, the, people do say that and, uh, and I've, I put it together quite quick and found the music and got a guy to help make it. And, and I keep thinking I need to change it because it's a bit cheesy. And then everyone keeps saying, oh, I love it. I love it. So like, okay, okay let's it keep it. It reminded me of uh, like Shaft. You know, back in the day. It exactly is definitely some of that, some some inspiration from my funk and soul musical uh, musical interests. So, yeah, Mark, you're, you're so many things, uh, but people might have seen you recently for your reorg uh, charity challenges, the, the one kilometre open sea swim, mm-hmm. 5K run. Okay, yeah, quite, quite, quite impressive maybe, but it's, it's when they find out that you're a... A triple amputee. Uh, there it is. <laughs> There's one of them. The other two are under the desk. Not much of an arm there. Uh, that <laughs> could be useful when you do a swim in the sea. 
but yeah, uh, also Invictus Games medalist, a dad, most important part of your of mm-hmm. your, your dad and a husband. Um, but I'm also just finding out about some of your entrepreneur uh, work and how you've built up your finances and how your future is being um, put together based on on so much of of uh, your drive. Uh, and so that's what part of this show today is all about. You know, there's there's so much content online, lots of interviews. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, for, for, for the people that don't know you, we'll, we'll touch on some of that. But we're also really interested for the Team Superdad community to, to talk about the, the dad stuff. Um, okay. And uh, because, you know, I, I, t- I share this at the beginning for people that are just t- tuning in, like, why should you listen? Team Superdad is all about, kickstarting your life creating the life that you desire not the life that you feel stuck in and that could be around your work your relationship it could be frustration with with your kids you know men we're so like told to just get on with it make the money be happy and um and it's when we don't take the struggle of that seriously that it can that it can all go wrong and um People are welcome to come and be part of the Team Superdad community and, and, and hear more about what, what, what that actually involves. But today on this podcast, we're going to dig into some of those subjects so that people can feel inspired by how you have had to reinvent yourself and overcome things that other people might have crumbled uh, in the face of. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do people say when they, you know, when they, when they introduce you? What, what are the bits? Because people say loads of things about you, don't they? Oh, soldier, ex-commando, triple amputee. What, mm-hmm. are the, what, are, what do you like when people introduce you? What, the, what do you like people to say about you? Um, never really thought about it, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, it, it generally is, you know, former Royal Marines commando, triple amputee, uh, things, things that you just said, you know, Invictus Games athlete. It, it's very hard and, in fact, it's funny you say it because a lot of the time prior to podcasts, interviews, shows, that kind of stuff, people say, look, look, what do you do? How do you want me to introduce you? Yeah. And we, we talked off air just now and I was telling you about like the 50,000 different things I've got going on. And yeah. I was like, well, what do I do? Because I sit in this camp and this camp and this camp and this camp. How do I umbrella it all? And what, what kind of umbrella do I put it all under? So I just thought, well, it's 90% of it. I would say it's entrepreneurial. So I kind of just, I guess a good thing would be former Royal Marines commando, triple amputee uh, and entrepreneur. Yeah. Maybe that's a decent way to intro me. It is. That's what I'll go with from now on. And this is why, why it's an interesting question, right? Dad, husband, son. Right. Are you a brother? Have you got siblings? I got a twin sister. I'm an author. It's just mental. Um, so but I think when you, those, yeah. when you put those everyday bits in that someone else can go, Oh yeah, I'm a dad. I'm a brother. Yeah. I'm a son. Yeah. And you can look at Harry Kane or you can look at like someone, you know, actor or dance, like anything we might aspire to like, Oh, I could never do that. But at, at the end of the day, when they go home and shut the front door, mm-hmm. they're, they're back to daddy, husband. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and that's the leveler for us all because we, it's, it's easy to put people up on a pedestal and fail to realise what's actually going on. Um, mm-hmm. Social media, people, people must make judgments or expectations of you. Do, do they through through you know based on what they see on social media? Um, yeah, I, th- I think they do. Yeah. Uh, I think they do, and I, I've been very lucky in the social media realm in that for the 
12 plus years that I've been on it on various different platforms, 99.99% of it has only ever been positive. Yeah. I've had one or two people and, and I get it. And that's why I don't react to it. You know, I'll get people maybe, you know, they know I deployed in my past to, to Iraq, you know, and, and to Afghanistan and I'll get the, the negative comments about you're a murderer and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, just yeah. angry, ill-informed people that, stereotype and, and don't really understand well certainly don't understand me yeah. but didn't really understand my job either they just so i just let it go you know um it's no big deal but 99.99999999 percent of it is is all good yeah well that's how mm-hmm. i well, to be honest I, t- I say that's how i first came across you was was, it was a few months back when you were training for your uh 5k run and the and the video where you where you slipped over and on the the wrap up, we do a, a podcast on Friday evenings, which is the wrap up of the week. Glenn and I, and occasionally some other uh, dads, and it's just a piss take. It's just a, mm-hmm. we're just chatting about what's been happening that week. How was work? How was life? Did we have any fun? Are we fit? You know, just taking the piss. We do a hot in mm-hmm. the night, trying to trying to remember who we <laughs> back in the days of lads mags who who we ogled over and stuff. And then you, <laughs> your video came up, and you 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 you've got your blades on and you went ass over tit on the, on the, on the concrete. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just like, it was, it was funny. I mean, it, but it was the, the funniest part of it was when your coach or mate tried to help you up, mm-hmm. you know, F off, you know, like, like you <laughs> pushed him, pushed him back. And I just saw your, your, your drive and your like, like just the blokeness of it there. Like, you know, yeah. space. What, what, what's that? obviously the, the 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 response to that video was was pretty huge in, in terms of this last wave of stuff you've been doing it seemed to kind of ignite around that that video was that the case yeah, yeah I, li- I literally checked it this morning it's at like seven million views wow. um i can't keep up with the comments that are on <laughs> it and thousands and thousands of shares but, um, what did you say? I mean, like, we do have swearing on here, but it's, it's not a daytime. What did you say? Because did he come to help you, or you were just like get off? Or like, I don't need yeah, him. no, I, I didn't. No, I didn't lose my temper with him. No, no, so I know. You got, you got a bit. I, I was super tired because I just yeah. ran about two point two k. Yeah, I was embarrassed because I hit the deck. Yeah, but for me, in many different situations as a triple amputee, if I end up on my ass or if I'm getting in and out of a car or I've got to go up and downstairs that I have certain techniques and like routines that I go through. Yeah. So when I, when I fall, especially on running blades, I have a set way to get up. And for me, it requires space. I, I basically go onto my knees, do this, the splits as far as I can put my arm on the floor. So I'm forming a triangle and then gradually spider walk my hand back till I'm upright. Right. But people, and even Ben, I've known Ben for years. He's trained me for years, but we never ran together before. Yeah. So even people that know me don't necessarily know that. And all they want to do is help, right? Which you understand. But yeah. sometimes that help can be a hindrance. So, and I'm always very aware that I, you know, stay polite, Mark. Don't say F off. I'm good and get angry. <laughs> Just be like, I don't exactly remember what I said, but it would have been along the lines of, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Just, just give me yeah. some space. Yeah, it was. Um, and then we got up and we cracked on. But there's, there's a lesson there, I think, for all of us. Whether it's, you know, it, that speaks to me quite a lot about 
over over helping our kids as a dad in like always right. trying, um when my wife ex-wife now was sick i i now realize in hindsight i tried too much to help her get better mm-hmm. yeah. she, she probably needed space and she needed me to just get on with my own stuff not not try epically to to fix her and there's a lot to be said for that and and i'll put this into context with regards to like my recovery yeah so in the beginning that that was exactly what it was like even though it was i was in a military environment you got wrapped in cotton wool it was it was very rare that you'd even when you got to the the stage where you could walk around semi-confidently it was very rare that you'd go outside because it might be windy or it might be slippy or the gradients and the terrain might be too tricky. And very early in my recovery, I posted about it. So it's the 10th of June now. Yesterday, 9th of June, 2009, I flew out to America. So it's my 12-year anniversary yesterday of not using a wheelchair. And they did the complete opposite. They were, they were, uh, this is not what they said, but this was the, the, how I kind of vocalized a change in attitude. I'll hit the deck. They're like, get up, knobhead, let's go. Do you know what I mean? It was tough love. And it was it was rough. Like three weeks I went out there and it was literally, you know, you come across a set of stairs out in the in the mall or something, for example. Yeah. And before it would be like, oh yeah, we'll, you know, we'll take the lift. Or, oh, can you help carry my bag? They're like, let's get up the stairs, mate. What are you doing? Hurry up, I'll meet you at the top. And these are able-bodied people, right? And it was very much that, let's not mollycoddle him. This is life. And I always remember they said to me, the world will not adapt to you. You have to adapt to the world, you know? And, and it's true. You know, if I travel to a country where, you know, the, the terrain is very hilly, for example, I don't know, or somewhere like Italy where it's all cobbled, and, you know, yeah. cobblestones are not tarmac. For me, it's a lot more difficult to walk on. They're not going to tarmac Italy for me. Are they? If I go out there on holiday, I've got to deal with the cobbles. And they taught me that early on. So yeah, absolutely. That you've got a, there's, there's that line, I think as well with your kids where you help them to a degree, but they've got to do stuff themselves. And I'm going through that right now. My 16 year old, she's just left school like two weeks right. ago, trying to get a job. We, I've helped her with, with a part-time job. And now she's going through the apprenticeship process. And I'm very conscious that I will be there to do everything I can. But at the same time, I'm like, just get on with it. All you got to do is make a phone call, send an email, follow it up. Do you know what I mean? You're going to get knocked down. That's part of the process. Suck it up, move on to the next one. But I don't say that to her, but I'm very much like, I'll, I'll give her a clear, well, what I think is a clear direction. And then I'll wait one day, two days, whatever it is for it to hear back. I won't be constantly emailing and messaging and calling every hour. So how'd it go? What are you doing now? You got to do it yourself. Even at 16, you know, I was pretty much on the cusp of starting Royal Marine recruit training at her age yeah so you just, just gotta dive in there early you're not in school anymore you know you're in the real world now and do you as a dad do you do you did you do that when they were younger as well do you feel like that's been a a, a style of your parenting their whole life i think so so my eldest daughter is from a previous relationship right. so you know it, it's it's been a roller coaster over the years you know sometimes we've had real good contact early on, not so good and all that kind of stuff. But I'm very much, and this is what I like to think my parenting style is. 
right? All three of them. They'll always know I'm there when they need me, but I'll always sit in the background and, and let them figure stuff out for themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't think of a, a good example right now, but, and I, I'm not judging, but you see some parents that are constantly, oh, I'll do this for you, I'll do that for you, let me do this, let me, and, and trying to overguide their kids. And yeah. you know what I mean? They're, they're like, they're for everything, every second of the day. And one, I don't think that's unhealthy. Uh, I think that's unhealthy. And two, it's not really helpful because there'll come a point when they're 25 years old and they're looking for you and you're like, you're 25, sort it out yourself. But they've never had to build that resilience and that self-reliance to even the little things, you know, my, my other two. So Kezi is 16, Mason is nine, Evelyn is seven. Even now, I'm kind of like, figure it out. I'll be here if you really, really need me, but figure it out yeah. type thing, you know? And is there a part of that which then flips into role model? where you're leading by example as, as much as anything? This is what I like to think that I, that I do. So, I, like I just said, I haven't used a wheelchair for 12 years. They, they won't get this right now because they're too young. Right. I get up every day at half past five. My, my son, I have to tell him to go back to bed because he'll get up and into the bed with me now at five to six nearly every day when he hears me get up. I work like harder than I ever have when I had all my limbs. I'm, I'm always traveling, working. I'm on a computer, a laptop, a phone, d- doing what I need to do to build, 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 build. And although they don't always know what I'm doing, they always see, you know, I don't use a wheelchair. I work, I use prosthetics every day. I still go to the gym and train. I don't make excuses. I'm still hustling, working, building. You know, I could just sit back and go, you know, I'm retired. I'm retired. I could have, technically retired at 24 years old but I'm, I, di- I didn't want to yeah you know and so you can tell them a lot of stuff and you know give them inspirational quotes or whatever it is but if they see you doing the opposite later on when they grow up they'll see that that conflict in what you say and what you do and I guess the congruency is, is gone but if they see you getting up every day doing things and saying things then they know that you you mean it. You know what I mean? You're not just talking because they see you doing it every day. So, you know, I, I just hope that through the things that I do do, they, they see that. And later on, when they, they maybe do face some challenges, that it will start to click, you know? Yeah, I think that's definitely the case, especially hmm. moving from toddlers into into kids and then you're moving from kids into tweenies like both mine are hardcore practicing their teenage skills right now at, at okay. nine uh boy 11 girl nine puberty at the same time lovely Yay. <laughs> but uh and then into teenage years i've got mates who could of course kids are teenagers and and just thinking right well there's no point saying to your teenager why don't you talk to me if you've never really spoken to them when they were kids and I like right. that, that because we spend so much time chatting and how's it going? How's your day? And what's, you know, what's you know, any good bits, any bad bits, what are you creating at the moment? You know, they're, they're, because they're, they're trying to be leaders when they can at school, they're putting their hand up for, to be in the play or to volunteer for things. And it's like, yes, that's when I see yeah. them doing that, I'm thinking, yes, 
they've yeah. picked up on on my words and my actions um and, and who knows when they become a teenager Dude, there's even silly little things right like with, with my two youngest now if they want something like if we go into a toy shop for example and they want a packet of pokemon cards yeah. right they got the money and that's what we've gone there for they can't find them i'm like well go and ask somebody Oh, I don't want to, Daddy. I'm in, I'm a bit embarrassed. I'm shy. What's the worst that can happen? Just go and ask them. So you almost you, you know trying to get that confidence instilled in them from an early age. And I certainly at seven and nine would not have gone up to a shopkeeper and said, "Can you help me with this?" I would have sent my parents. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to. Those those things are really important. Those life skills, people skills, that confidence, being able to go and do that. Do you know what I mean? Because I know it seems small, but it's effectively teaching them to overcome their fears at an early age. You know, it's uncomfortable. They don't want to do it. You've made them do it. Whether they realize it or not, they'll get that little dopamine hit at the end because they've done it and they've achieved their objective. And, you know, hopefully they'll learn a little lesson from it. Yeah. And that's, that is mega what you just said there. The science behind some of these things, Mm -hmm. the reaction, the habitual ways of being, the, the the reward uh, the reward ra- rather than the than, than the fear uh, mechanism uh, absolutely yeah. did so did you get that at home when you were a kid or did you get that in where did you get that in the army or where did you where did you pick this up for yourself I just think it's things that I've learned in in life through uh, experience through self education self development you know whatever I've done in my life places I've been experiences i've had you just kind of learn it as you go you know it's um things like i just look at like for example public speaking you know that's that's something that i do it's something that i was very uncomfortable with doing in the beginning but i coached myself and, and educated myself and taught myself to overcome that and be a lot more confident with that and it is. It's, it's got to be that that skill in itself has got to be one of the most impactful, powerful skills in the world. Because if when you grow up, if you're in a job, if you're that guy, you know, there's five people in a room, right? And there's a promotion coming up. They've all got the exact same skill set. They work at the exact same hours. They've got the exact same job title. But one of them is able to get up and present or isn't afraid to go and ask the hierarchy this question, that question they're going to stand out in front of the others, right? And I think they teach it a lot in America because American kids seem to be very confident and able to stand up in front of a room and present and do show and tell. But over here, they don't. They like, you ask them to do a 30-second presentation and everyone clams up. You know, we don't really teach those kind of things in, in school. So as a parent, you kind of, to whatever degree you want to, I guess, you need to pick up the ball and, and teach them that and be like, you know, you need just develop your confidence at an early age. And, you know, more than that, the whole failure is feedback thing. Do you know what I mean? Failing at something doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means you've not figured out how to do it yet. And you need to be resilient and keep pushing forward and figure out another way. You know, this is why I don't want to go down this road because it's my opinion, but the whole thing that I don't know if they do it here or not, but like this whole participation trophy thing, everyone's a winner. You know, you're just teaching kids that 
you're taking away that gift of teaching them to bounce back from failure and Absolutely. to push a little bit harder. Well, sports day is a classic one for me. You know, they've been, have a running race. Have a, come, hey. come last, come first, come last, but be in the race. You know, the, every race you lost, you were, a, you, you finished ahead of anyone who didn't enter that race. Mm. Mate, I, I, I felt a little bit silly actually a couple of years ago, four or five years ago at the youngest kids sports day. I didn't know that you're not allowed to cheer anymore. <laughs> Apparently that's the thing. So my kids start on, come, come on, Mason. And all the other parents are looking at me like, and no one else is cheering. And then my wife says, you're not allowed to do that anymore at sports day. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, you're not allowed to cheer anymore because it's not encouraging for other kids. I don't know what her, her reasoning was but I was just like are you serious she's like yeah I just I don't know you know as well as the confidence everything else resilience is is a big thing that we need to teach as parents you know that the ability to bounce back from failure teaching that failure is okay in fact it's better than okay it's good because you've learned something from it and then be resilient enough to and flexible enough to keep moving forward and try something new yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, these are really I think they're really important things that we don't really teach. They start off as values for an individual, but then their core, I think, core attributes to what it is to survive and thrive, survive and thrive in life. Mm. The perfect segue into into a different subject, but be- before we get into that, let's we've let's just mention a couple of the places where people can uh come and connect with you and I know you've got the Facebook supporters group. Um, tell us, tell us a little bit about that and why people should should go over there and you know just just some of the stuff that you're doing that, uh, and then we'll, we'll touch on to reorg and then and then dip into what it's been like building yourself back up. So yeah, tell us about the supporters group and some of the things you've got going on. Yeah, so I am um, have a Facebook supporters group. I've got my main page, and then at the top of the page is a little blue button that says "Become a supporter," and it's a subscription based private supporters community and i'm in the early stages of of building it now to create content for it and value for the people in there but it's like it's something facebook introduced i think last year i only found out about it after christmas so people join up if they like what you do the content you deliver what you're all about if you know whatever it is they'll pay like three pound 49 a month i think yeah i mean i mean right and, and you're in this private community so the great thing, first of all, I thought, well, it, it drowns out a lot of the negativity that comes with social media because this is a private enclosed group. You're not likely to pay money to be in a group if that's about empowering and supporting each other if you're a negative person, right? So it kind of keeps all that out. But then what it does do then, the opposite is it does create that environment of empowerment, community support, and it brings people together together that have that similar mindset and that similar ethos, I think, and values. Yeah. You know, there's a hundred, there's 181 people in there now. And I've sat back and just read comments and stuff at, at the moment just to watch it grow. And yeah. it's really good because I didn't really encourage this, but it's what I wanted to happen was that people were just in there supporting each other. Right, and and it's just kind of organically happened. Now, in the background, I'm creating uh, routines, schedules, systems, and everything to start pushing more content out myself and 
you know, all sorts of bits and pieces, giveaways, prizes, meetups, all that kind of stuff. But so far, it's just organically morphed into what I had as a vision. And I haven't really done a lot to create that. The people in there have already have just created it. And, you know, on the if you want to talk about the, the, the entrepreneurial kind of side of it, you know, I, I left my job in February and I've never been busier. Even though I don't technically have a job, I've never been busier. So I saw that then as a way of creating a revenue stream where I could do what I love. I could help people. I could do it anywhere in the world as long as I've got a smartphone and I can still live and provide for my family, you know? So, and what's, what is exciting and equally scary about it is the scalability of it. So there's 181 people in there right now. There's 36,000 people on my Facebook page. And if they all just go up and click that button and they pay that subscription, I don't know what £3.49 times 36,000 is, but it's a shit ton of money. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I have a vision for that as well, what I I would do with that or percentages of that to to give back and to help other people um, in, in a kind of charitable no it's not i don't want to say charitable way i don't because it's not charity it's in an empowering way yeah it's it's fueling your uh enterprise fueling your mission uh you can't you you can't uh what's what's i heard someone say it was like a jim roan or someone but you know you you can't if you haven't got any money you can't do anything in the world right exactly right so for example if that group was generating ten thousand pound a month and I keep seeing, and you have to be careful with this, but if I see someone that, that recurring, you know, over the weeks and months that maybe has financial difficulties or, I don't know, maybe has a disabled son or daughter that needs a bit of kit yeah. and it costs a thousand pounds, right? And like I say, you have to be careful with this. But if there was an opportunity then where I can go, I can help that person. And this group's generating money, I'll just be like, ah, and you don't yeah yeah you know what i mean two, two christmases ago there was a guy in the team superdad group and uh transpired he didn't know where he was going to get presents from for his kids i got talking to him transpired he had no bloody carpet in his house and i didn't know what to do and a guy called daniel latto an awesome guy um he said we got to do something for this guy mm-hmm. and, and between the team superdad group and his community and his community was very generous um we raised about a thousand pound, put carpet in this bloke's house before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I spoke to a church in his village in a town in, in Wales and they were doing a Christmas community like thing. So you suddenly had somewhere to go on Christmas day. And then he, we had, he had like a 400 quid voucher to go and spend in, in Argos. So he got presents for, for all the kids yeah, and uh, and I'm not saying that to big us up. If, if anything, Daniel was the real driving force behind that. But just mega that that you can impact people's lives in that way. And um, and, I, and I know that you probably think this as well. When you send stuff out like that, the ripples mm-hmm. the ripples come back for sure. Yeah. Could almost create like an army, an army for goodness yeah. with that supporters group. Do you know what I mean? And. I know over time what I'll do is I'll develop a group of of admins, which I guess like in a business would be like 
trustees or board members yeah. and then you want to make these decisions we just put it to a group and you know what I mean and just build and build and build and build but the beauty of it is that you're not under anyone else's direction you haven't got higher ups telling you you can't do this you can't do that do you know what I mean if I see the opportunity to do some good I can do it yeah do you know brilliant. absolutely brilliant so definitely if uh, if you search uh, Facebook it's literally if you search Mark Ormrod supporters group uh, or if you support, if you search Mark Ormrod, you get Mark's page and you get the supporters group. So uh, go over and uh, go over and do that. So he's spoken about being a dad, and I think that's absolutely bloody perfect way to start this this chat, really. And in in the second section, let's let's talk about what it was, what it's been like rebuilding and creating your your life as it is now. Because and the reason this is so important to, to Team Superdad is so many families so many dads at the top of their families are faced with these kind of choices am i doing the right job have we got enough money is this the right place to live is our relationship working are we going to break up up or not like they seem like monumental life-changing choices but that's all like a frame Mm -hmm. monumental life-changing is when you step on a mine and get most of your bits (laughs) blown off you know like so you for you, it wasn't a choice. And I, and I think that is, you know, if we can, if we can sort of piece this together, the inspiration I hope for dads listening will be, Oh my gosh. Okay. Well I can choose what happens next. And then I can, and, and, and I can, I, I can grow with it. My family can benefit from it. So what's it like? I used to read a lot of comics like battle battle was my, mm-hmm. was my favorite comic. They, uh, you know, kind of world war two, you would the, the, the walk into a blown up church and they would hit a trip wire and they would stop and they would kind of work on fixing the mine. So it's like, do you have any memory of treading on that bloody mine? Like how much of a cock up was that? Is it, is, is was it just instantaneous or what happened? I have every memory of it oh. and there, there, there's no, there's no click or two second delay. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there are thousands of variants of IEDs, but the one I stood on was just, you know, I didn't even know I stood on it. And it, I was, next thing I know, the dust cloud settles. You know, I look around and three of my leg, limbs are just shredded off my body. And I'm lying in a pool of blood, dying in a crater. Yeah. Um, and the, you know what the funny thing was? Is that we would always, me and the lads would always talk about stepping on IEDs. You know, because I was in Afghanistan, right? And I think a lot of people know what the terrain's like. It's very sandy and it's very dusty, but it's not like sand you find at a beach. It's very hard, compact kind of sand. So if people dig into that ground, it's pretty obvious that like they've been digging in there. Like a, mole. like a molehill. Well, you just see the disturbed ground and, you right. know, it's not flat and it would be pretty obvious. But where I stood on the IED was in like a little bowl and it had been raining for like three or four days. So I guess where they dug in, the rain had smoothed, you yeah. know, debris had rolled down the, the sides and it smoothed over. And there was zero ground sign, you know, nothing to indicate at all that there were, there were actually six of these IEDs in the area that we were walking around but no ground sign at all to show any indicators. Yeah. So it was literally, and I know it's cliche and people say that your life can change in, in a heartbeat or quicker, but it's literally, I'm just, I'm walking and then next minute there's a big cloud of smoke 
and then two seconds after that, I'm looking at where my legs should have been and my arms should have been, and they're not there. And you, you just in this chaotic, frantic, adrenaline fueled panic, trying to figure out what the hell's going on because a split second ago you were just about to take a fire position, and now your life is completely different if you survive at all. Yeah, you know, and it's very surreal. I think anybody who has been in a traumatic incident will know what I mean when I say it's surreal. Like time slows down externally, but speeds up internally. Yeah. And you can't really comprehend what you're looking at. Your brain kind of freaks out and it's like, this doesn't make sense to me. Especially if you're not in pain, which I wasn't. Um, so yeah, I remember it all from, from the minute I stepped on it to the medic evacuating me to falling out the back of the vehicle that was evacuating me to then getting on the back of a helicopter and then passing out and dying temporarily. Yeah, it's a pretty hectic, uh, pretty hectic Christmas Eve that time. It was Christmas Eve. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your wife would have got the call at Christmas. She did. Yeah, she was wow. in Surrey with her parents wrapping presents up. I was due home uh, the day before New Year's Eve for two weeks R and R midway through the deployment, and uh, she got the phone call saying I'd been injured. Wow. And would you mm-hmm. class your relationship as like healthy, close? You know, it was you were you you were a tight team where you there was no kind of friction in your relationship at that point. There was zero friction, but we'd only been together for about eleven and a half months. Oh wow. So yeah. you know, it's like is she gonna hang in there? Does she really want this? Yeah. So my eldest daughter, I think I said it earlier, she's from a, a previous relationship. Yeah. You know, she was born in two thousand and five. And I was injured Christmas 2007. So I had, you know, that relationship had ended. I had got into a new relationship with my now wife. We'd been together about 11 and a half months when I deployed. And she just finished university. So she was only, I was 24, she was 21. So very young, whole life ahead of her. Now she finds out her boyfriend, well, she only thought I'd lost a foot. It wasn't until they got to the hospital, they realized the severity of my injuries. Um, so she had, she, she had every right and no one would have blamed her for walking away, but she didn't and she stuck around. I mean, a lot of couples avoid difficult conversations, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. can we have sex? Like uh, how difficult is that conversation? It should be quite easy, but in the, in a, in a fractured relationship, <laughs> you're like terrified to even ask, can we have sex tonight? Let alone what are your goals for this year? Do you want to go back mm-hmm. to work? Do you want to change career? Do you want to, do you want to stick with a bloke who's just been blown to bits? Like is communication something that was a cornerstone of your relationship before, or has it become even more? Uh, so uh, obviously you're married, you've been together 10 years. So I'm sure it has, but like talk, talk to me about communication as far as your relationship goes. Yeah. We talk all the time. Um, we talk, we moan about either each other or family or work. I'm not going to lie about any of that stuff. We have all those conversations that people maybe don't talk about outside of, of the house. Uh, we have banter, which I think makes it quite good. We, we bounce off each other. Yeah. Um, we, we have little fallouts like anyone else, but you know, I'm 37. I, I went, like most blokes, through an array of girlfriends, and, and relationships growing up and 
I've never had less arguments than I have with my, my wife now. In 12 years, we've probably had less fallouts and arguments than I had in one six-month relationship when I was 19, you know? Um, we just click. We just get on. Um, we bounce off each other. We support each other. I, I understand fully how lucky I am to, to find that because in the past, it definitely wasn't the case. Um, Do you think that's about yeah. aligned values? Do you think that you, you click because you've got similar values? Or, you know, or is- yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we don't, we don't stress out about money. We're more about adventures and, and memories and, you know, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm, I'm bragging or anything, but what, what my situation has brought is, is a lot of opportunity. And we always get offered crazy things like these, these really nice holidays to exotic places. And it's all free. And I mean, this weekend we're going to a caravan in Biddeford. That's where we're happiest. Yeah. We're going to some, some tin box in Biddeford, right? <laughs> to go to some kids i think it's called the milky way and the big sheep we'll go and just chill out there for the, for the weekend and you know maybe go paddle boarding or something i don't know but we we have very uh we're very low maintenance you know we, we could win a, a billion pounds and we'd still go to a caravan it's not money's important i get that you need to survive but it's not our number one value at all you know we are our happiest certainly my happiest is on Friday or Saturday when we close the curtains, put on a DVD and order a pizza. You know, some people want to go out to fancy restaurants and spend a thousand pound and drink champagne and all that glam stuff. We just like to get in our pajamas at seven o'clock on a Friday night and just chill, you know? So yeah, I think it's definitely a values thing. Yeah. And that's, that's why I said at the beginning about you can be, Superman, you can be super footballer, you can be super soldier, you know. But at the end of the day, like on a Friday night, when that door shuts, your husband, friend, daddy, and uh, it's mm-hmm. about how you, you 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 value those times. Mm-hmm. So when you when you started to uh, put yourself back together and and make a plan, were the plans you had for? Let's talk. You know, you, you, we're going to touch on here about your entrepreneurial side and the, and the, and what you've had to learn and develop in yourself. Was that part of your toolbox when you were in the army? Were you already thinking about self development and and entrepreneurship back then, or were you just thinking, "I'm a I'm a squaddy. I'm a actually you weren't just a squaddy. You were, you're flipping. You're a commando, right? Is that, that that's like yeah. you're a bit of a badass, yeah? Okay. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> no i think uh oh sorry let me ask about that do you think that's part of why you're so driven now because you were you know you're top of the game in as far as soldiers go is is, is that part of your makeup is just to be relentless and keep going to be relentless but to be smart at right. the same time so a good soldier is a soldier that's alive yeah okay yeah, so right yeah but I don't think, and I say this to everybody, like being disabled, you couldn't have picked a better time in human history to be disabled right now. And I know we're going to lead into this talking about entrepreneurial stuff, but you know, I've got four thing- fingers and one thumb. As long as I've got a smartphone, I can run a business. Yeah. 
as long as I've got a smartphone, I can increase my footprint online with podcasts, social media posts. You know, we just talked about the Facebook supporters group. I can create an income stream. I don't need both arms, both legs, a big network, you know, be grinding 28 hours a day to be quote unquote successful. So you've got to have that, you know, I, I take that Royal Marines mindset and then I try and mix it with a bit of a bit of IQ, bit of EQ and work smart, you know, and do the things that I want to do to build the kind of life that, that I want to have, you know, and, and you've got to have balance in it. Oh, oh, back in the, you know, oh, when we and Becky first met, right, all that was available online really was MySpace. Yeah. And I remember, I remember when she had an account, I'm like, you're a nerd. Why are you <laughs> going on putting pictures on the internet of you going out drinking with your friends? What a stupid thing to do. And now I'm like the most social media intense bloke that she's ever met because I, I understand the value of it now. I, I use it for a design specific purpose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I went a little bit off piece there with that no, answer. No. But you, uh, I think what you shared there was that anybody with a goal, an ambition, a vision, um, can can go out there and achieve it. And it, it doesn't start with knowledge; it starts with a willingness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then uh, an idea of like, well, okay, that's what I want to achieve. I believe it's possible. Who else has done it before me? Where where can I learn from? Who can I emulate? Who can I ask? Who can I get involved? Yeah, absolutely. And it's what I what I really like now is when I look at people in the military, I know numerous people that are still serving, but run side businesses, coffee companies, clothing companies, um, whatever it may be, security companies, yeah. you know, as a partner with a, with some guy or girl or whatever. And, and that, I, I really like that. You know, I always, I used to, when I worked for the Royal Marines charity, part of my job every two weeks was that I would go and speak to the recruits that were in 28 and sign them up to the Royal Marines Association. And I'd always say to them, lads, you're just about to start this career, right? So this is probably not even on your radar, but it's never too early to start thinking about the next step or the additional step. You know what I mean? If you're doing this and you want to have a business on the side, you can do this now because you have a smartphone. You know, back when I was in, you know, I was only, it was only 2001, but you were still using pay phones back then. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's so much more opportunity now for people to do either completely alternative stuff to what they're doing now or stuff that complements what they're doing to yeah. help build build and build and build. You know, and these things come along in life that you don't expect. You could stand on a mine, your girlfriend could get pregnant, you might lose your job. You need to have those things in place, those those backups in place, just trickling along in the background. So you can pivot if you need to. Yeah. What about people that say, oh, well, like, yeah, I want to. I just haven't got time. I, you know, I just, oh. that's, that's, that's got to be the number one excuse out there, basically, hasn't it? I don't understand. So this is one of the things I'm trying to do with the entrepreneurial stuff I do. Without coming across like a dick, right? My whole messaging behind it is I've got one hand, yeah. right? I have time. I have three children. I have one hand. I have about, I think off the top of my head, three businesses, 
three or four collaborations and partnerships. I run seven social media platforms. I've got three email addresses. I have time because I have systemized, automated, prioritized, collaborated with people and put everything in place where I don't have to be working 23, 24 hours a day. Yeah. And that, that's all, a lot of that is through self-education. And I'm by no means like super successful in those areas, but I'm chipping away at it a bit at a time and I'm getting there. And soon enough, I will be. And then I want to try and encourage other people. You know, my, my aim was really to kind of encourage disabled people, you know, because there are a lot of people out there that don't, if they become disabled, they don't want to just sit on their ass and do nothing. Do you know what I mean? They want to, to do something, something that lights them up, something that gives them a purpose, but that they can earn a living from. They don't want to live on handouts. And I'm trying to do this to say, look, you don't have to if you don't want to. But then the side effect, hopefully, is that able-bodied people will see it as well and realize that you can run, work a job and run a business. And there is time. Yeah. Well, you don't have to get blown to bits to be motivated, like to, to find inspiration. No, no. Yeah, I, I still train pretty much every day as well. You know, I get up at half past five every day through choice. You know, and I, people, I don't sleep like three hours a night. I get a good seven hours every night. But I've just kind of over the years structured my days, weeks, months into a way where they're, they're efficient. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I can do things. Well, uh, health and fitness for me, are, are one of the, I've called it the F5, right? Fitness is, is one of the F5. Focus, fitness, finance, family and fun. And any human, man or woman, needs needs their health and fitness. And that doesn't have to be that you're going to win a triathlon, finish a triathlon. But it does have to be get your heart pumping, be at an appropriate weight, be able to lift your toddler out of the car when they're asleep or, you know, outrun your teenager at the park just for kicks. Yeah. This is oh, – and, and feel confident when you get naked with your with your partner. Like these – demons these things that cause our inner voice to run a number on us um can so easily be addressed by 20 press-ups a day uh, doing a park run on a saturday morning um and I, I i want as many men and their families to, to to put health and fitness as just part of their everyday life like you clean the car or, or hoover the carpet you you just do a bit of exercise because it's what needs to be done but that that i'm a super nerd when it comes to like double or triple tapping my time so if yeah. I'm, I'm i'm starting to train now for a hundred mile bike ride so when i'm next door on my terrible trainer i'll have these on with a podcast or an audiobook so when i'm on there for two hours i'm also consuming two hours of content and i'm learning yeah right and then later on as as my kids are growing up like if i can include them in my workouts then with i'm spending time with them and I'll keep it fit and healthy. And then maybe we'll put the content on speakers. So yeah. they're also subliminally they're learning, lear- yeah. learning some stuff. So you've got three things that you're hitting in one hour of your day. Not even an hour, 45 minutes. That, triple tap. Just double tap, triple tap, whatever yeah, yeah. you can do. <laughs> you know, when people are in, people say, oh, I haven't got time to read. How, many, how much time do you spend commuting every day to work? Oh. If you do half an hour in the morning, half oh. hour in the evening, put a podcast on, audio book in the car, in the subway. And you've got an hour, you've learned for an hour that day and you've just double tapped your time. Instead of scrolling through Facebook, listening to Morag moaning about her neighbor, yeah. do you know what I mean? 
do some education. I, I love it. My Audible, I'm up to about, I think I've been a subscriber to Audible for about five years now. So I'm, I'm up to some kind of 70, 80 uh, Any, uh, books. Even that, mate, sorry to interrupt, but there's, yeah. the, I, I forget, oh, bl- I think it's called Blink. Blink yeah, Blink is, Blink is they just sum, they summarize books so you can get yeah. seven hours of content in 15 minutes. Yeah, I've never used it, but it sounds pretty decent. No, there's a bunch Headway, Blinkist, um, uh, but yeah, they, exactly like you say, they have uh, writers, authors, uh, editors, they, they read the book and and, uh, and and shrink it down into a, an hour chunk so you get the get the important bits. What about- it's funny, mate. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting excited now. I get passionate about this, but it's funny. And I dabbled in the world of coaching a while ago, but you know, other things took priority, and I, I didn't feel like I could give enough attention to it to give people what they deserved. And when people say stuff like, "I haven't got time to meditate. I'm too busy," so I'll be like, "Okay, what time do you get up in the morning? Half past six. We'll get up at 20 past six and do 10 minutes meditation. And then the, the, light, the light bulb goes off and they're like, well, yeah, it's only 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, when you get home from work and you have dinner and you've done the dishes and it's seven o'clock and you put the kids to bed, so now it's half past eight. What time do you go to bed? Half past 10. What are you doing that? Two hours. I watch Love Island and EastEnders and Big Brother. I'm like, there's two hours there that you're wasting. Two hours you could be doing. And I'm not saying decompressing and doing things you enjoy is, is wasting time, but you do have the time if you make it a priority. Yeah. You know? And that's where a lot of people, I think, fall down. Well, like they say, no plan or no routine is a plan or a routine. You're just not yeah. constructively, you're not constructively using it. And, uh, you know, just as a, as a message and an encouragement for people on that point, um, date nights and one-on-one time with your kids it's got to be scheduled it's got to be in the same way personal development time growth time if you know schedule it make it a priority what uh meditation tell me briefly what what you get from meditation because i i encourage this with uh with all my clients and team super dad members and some people really resist it what what do you get out of meditation space headspace so there are, there are times when I do go at 150 mile an hour, right? So I'll give you an example. Today, I've got up, you know, we're doing stuff for the kids. Becky takes them to school. I'm then email, 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 email about 50,000 different things. I come on this podcast for you. Then I've got to go to one of my properties and get the toilet unblocked because the tenant's not here, right? And then I've got to go and do the school run and pick the kids up. Then Becky's going to get a haircut, so I've got to cook them dinner. Then I'm going out tonight with a friend of mine um, and just like super, super busy. I completely forgot now where we're going with this. <laughs> I got, I got deep in Meditation, like what do you get out of meditation? Oh, right. And so you, you're just like bah, 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 all the time. But 10 minutes in the morning and in the evening, I like to do a little bit longer or 15, yeah. 20 minutes in the evening, you turn the phone off and you, you decompress because you've, I have to stay focused on the long-term vision. Of, of my life you know we talked before we went live about how I've got my own podcast but I haven't been consistent with it and I know that I really enjoy doing this I really enjoy talking to people but stuff gets in the way but when you focus on it a bit more that meditation time gives me time right remember the big picture what's the long-term goal here you know stop 
wasting time because I still do it a lot as well. I waste time on stuff that isn't really relevant. It gives me that space to just cut the noise out and refocus and keep on track. Do you know what I mean? And what's your techniques? Uh, insight timer, just some sort of meditating music or you know, what, 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 what's your style? What do you do? So I do use insight timer. Yeah. I think that's great. And I've got a little like a list of my favorite ones. And then I actually do it in the bath. So in the evening, I, I'll draw the curtain in my bed in my bathroom. I'll close the door. The kids know not to come in. And the bathroom's as dark as I can get it. Yeah. I don't have candles or any of that stuff. I just need it dark. And then I'll put usually my baths are like if I'm doing a, some sort of recovery from training, so they'll have Epsom salts and all that's in that. And I'll just either focus on my, my goals for the year and, and just keep centered and, and keep envisaging what I want it to look like by the end of the year. Or sometimes I just have a brain dump where I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not focusing on anything. I'm just going to, whatever random crap comes into my head, I'm going to let it in and then let it out because we all get really overwhelmed. I think from time to time, and it's very hard to concentrate. So even when I do meditate, sometimes I'll struggle because I can't think about what I'm supposed to be thinking about. Yeah. So I, I just have those brain dump sessions where I'm like, well, I have no no mission here. It's just to come in, let all the the stresses, the things that are playing on my mind come to the surface and then dump them, get out of the bath, and you just feel lighter and more focused. Yeah. I, I obviously an advocate of meditating as well and, and for pretty much those reasons. And my style is is, is very similar to, to yours there. Insight Timer, by the way, everyone, is an app. Um, there's, there's thousands and thousands of different types of meditation tracks on there all, all free there's a paid level as well but the free stuff is 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 totally open so get on there and, and do that and uh, just before we wrap up mark you know many dads will be stressed out and worrying about what to do next i don't want this isn't a challenging question right but when they've been thinking that for a long time and they're like stuck, worried about making that leap. Like, what, what's an encouragement you can give to those men? If you're talking about, you know, like careers, changes in careers and, and stuff like that, well, in fact, it doesn't really matter. I, I think the most important thing to do with any type of change, if, if you're a dad, you have responsibilities, is to plan for it you know don't don't make any rash decisions and just jump from one thing to the next without really planning if you've got a mortgage and you've got children and a wife and all that kind of stuff but plan make make a plan don't just don't make a plan and sit going over it and over it and over it and over it make a realistic solid plan you know what i mean be tactical with it yeah you know because in many ways, I'm in a very fortunate position. You know, I was medically discharged from the military and, and I've done stuff over the years, which mean that I don't really need to work. But I do understand from previously, where, you know, when I, I left the military the first time when I was able-bodied and I failed massively. So I understand how that the stress is, the anxiety, the fear of failure, and then that can affect people. 
But I had no plan the first time I left. I just did it because I was angry and annoyed, lots of stuff. And ultimately, I failed. So with a lot of things in, in life, you know, plan, plan stuff. Um, and, you know, it's, it's obviously going to be very situation dependent. If you are married, everything, discuss things, talk things over with, with your wife, with your family, and uh, make sure you've got that backup and support so it gives you that confidence you need. And then just, you know, if it's realistic and it's possible, do it, you know, because I, I, I can't think of anything worse than just going for years and years and years doing something you hate because you feel you have to. That's 30, 40 years ago, I get that because your options were limited. We just talked about how you can run a, a business from a smartphone. You know, your options aren't so limited nowadays with reference to what you want to do. Some of the richest people, I think, on the planet are 16-year-old lads that play Minecraft on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) It blows blows my mind. I watch my son watching this stuff, and you see them run through the house playing hide-and-seek on camera. They've got four Lamborghinis in the garage, and they're 21 years old. Um, You know, don't, don't be afraid. Open your mindset. Open your mind and, you know, make a calculated decision. Brilliant, brilliant. And people need to just, you know, whatever their situation is, they need to take a look at your situation. And, and it's not about who's better, who's worse off, who's that, but it's just faced with challenging circumstances and, uh, and limitations that other people said you could or couldn't do. And you've gone out there and absolutely smashed it. And I love something that you said in one of your videos, and you even touched on it today, that the crazy thing is, more opportunities keep coming your way the more that you swing out and take the world on and uh and i just believe that's how the world and the universe works and uh, and you're really illustrating that and living that and um so it's been a pleasure an absolute honor in fact to to hear you share some of your wisdom and story today mark thank you mate before i go do you mind if i just say something please do yeah is that all right it's just so I don't know if anyone needs to hear this or not, but, and, and again, like everything, it's just my opinion. Yeah. The the role that we play now as a, as a father and, and a husband is, I think it's changed a lot over the years. Yeah. And I, I feel personally, there's a lot of pressure on men to provide for their families, to be a role model for their children, to be excellent in their job. It, you know what I mean? I don't think there's ever been that you know, go back in time and it was you go to work, you earn the money, you know, wife stays at home, and that there were clear cut roles, if you like. And I just think I've I've taken on over the years more and more and more roles. You know, and it and it does have an effect, you know, and you need to talk to other people about the stresses that you're feeling, the anxieties you're feeling, the pressures you're feeling. So I guess what I'm trying to say is wreck that, that we do have a lot on our plate and don't be afraid to go and talk to people about it. You know what I mean? And just get it out there and, and see what other people are dealing with and see what other people can maybe help, you know, because it's, it feels sometimes there can ever increase in part of pressure to, to do the very best you can, bring all the money in, pay for the holidays, 
you know, be there for the school Christmas play and sports days. And, you know, I mean, it's a lot to do. Yeah. So anyone listening who's struggling, feeling the stresses, just understand that, you know, loads of people understand what you're going through. And if you need to chat to someone about it, you know, don't be afraid to be chat and have that conversation. Total, total wisdom there and an important message that we need to keep saying and keep saying and keep saying uh, male suicide rates female suicide rates any suicide is a is a a life cut short um and we've got to be there for our friends to to have the banter mm-hmm. to, to take the piss out of the bloke that flipping trod on a mine he should have seen mm-hmm. and then straight afterwards say is there anything you need like what can i do right. for you I'm, I'm here for you it's um uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't to be serious but but we do have to look out for each other so true yeah brilliant well mark we'll wrap this up and i'll say goodbye on the other side but let me play the video and uh, and, and say goodbye to everybody um mark ormrod supporters page on facebook um and that was obviously all mark's work is uh on markormrod.com and uh <laughs> we will definitely be seeing your next what is it 100 mile bike ride yeah it's my coach's idea <laughs> <laughs> blades you got some special blades for that i'm sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, get, we'll get peloton to sponsor you it's going to be sweet yeah <laughs> there you go nice one uh for everyone watching thank you very much uh, you can catch this on the podcast if you're listening to the podcast then it's been a real pleasure to have you here for the last hour make sure you subscribe and uh we'll see you on the wrap up this friday where we uh, have a laugh and talk about how our week has gone i'll see you on the other side Wow. <laughs> just, I seem to always say wow. When I come back, I always seem to say wow. What a lot of fun that was. What, what an inspiring conversation. What uh, a moment to reflect on different parts of our lives and think, okay, well, where did I not make a decision? Where did I not step up? Where, where's my relationship at with, with, with my wife? You know, that, that just blew me away. The bit when he was talking about how Becky and him had only been together 11 months it was christmas when he got injured and and the relationship that they've created he's a he's a single dad to his first uh child he's got new children with with becky his wife um and what a journey uh, i hope it inspired you i hope it made you reflect on opportunities that you can create for yourself for your life areas of personal growth and development your fitness like if he can swim a mile in the sea with one arm how far can you swim this week how many press-ups can you do it's it's not about winning a triathlon you know but it is about finishing the race because you can because you said you would because you want to be a role model to your kids and more than anything because you want to have a really great life being the man you want to be and the dad your family needs so come on over to teamsuperdad.com forward slash group. I would love to have you part of our community. You can find out about the Hero Academy just by messaging me um, via the group, via the website, teamsuperdad.com and uh, and finding out more about the Hero Academy 90-day program. Subscribe, of course. I should have mentioned that loads of times already. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, get on it. We will be back on Friday night, Saturday morning with the wrap up. You can watch that live or catch the recording uh, on this. Uh, Wherever you're listening to this podcast now, subscribe and the wrap up will be through to you this weekend. Dads, until next time, be the best version of yourself and make it happen. Ciao for now.
This has been Team Super Dad. Find us at TeamSuperDad.com. Join the program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.